Let's pray. Close your eyes with me as we pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for the truth of your word. We pray that you'll open our hearts as we hear your word. Speak to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. To each one of us in ways that we can hear and understand. Holy Spirit, I thank you that I'm not here alone. But that you are with every one of us speaking to us your eternal words. Give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last week we started talking about tried by fire. And I was sharing with you how that the Christianity that we have in North America, we are really blessed because if you study the Bible right from the book of Acts through to Revelation, you would see that Christianity has been characterized by persecution. In fact, the symbol of Christianity is not a crown, but a cross. And there's a reason for that. The person we are following, Jesus Christ, is known to have been crucified on a cross. And he said, if any man will come after me, if any woman will come after me, if any person would want to be my follower, Jesus said, he must first deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. And you've heard me say many times again, people don't carry crosses to a party. You carry a cross, it means you're on your way to be killed. Okay? I don't think when many of us were signed out to be Christians, we were told that you were signing up to be killed. <laughs> but Christianity is actually all about dying to ourselves and living to God. Denying ourselves and yielding our lives to God. Now for some of us that will mean saying no to some friends, saying no to a bad habit, um, standing up for Jesus amongst your friends and not giving up even if all your friends deny you or ditch you or don't want to have anything to do with you. For some other Christians, that means they themselves being killed. And that's what we saw in this video. Right now, in today's generation, as you sit here comfortably in an air-conditioned room, there are other Christians your age who are running right now because they've gathered somewhere to worship Jesus and the police are after them for the same faith that you and I have. And like the woman who had to tell the truth to his children, I, I have the conviction that I must tell you guys the truth, right? I can tell you all nice things. You know, it's very nice to say nice things because you see me as a nice person, right? But it's not very nice for me to be telling you all these stuff that make you like, uh, uh, uh. But that's the truth. Except you are not really into this whole Christianity thing and you just want to come and be on the wagon, um, not really know Jesus, not really have a relationship with Jesus, but just really just come to church and go home. Like if you are like that type, this is not for you, okay? You can buy, you can come along just with mom and dad, not really be into Jesus and just come along. You can also do that and end up in hell. That's, that's okay, right? But for those of us who really want God, right? We really are into God. We really want Jesus. The truth is, Jesus says, if you really want me, you can't have me and have something else. You can't. You have to let go of everything. That's why he said, you must first deny yourself, pick up your cross. The cross is crossing you out. Right? Crossing you out. So that Jesus, that's why we call Jesus Lord. You know what Lord means? Lord means master. When somebody is your master, you don't tell him what he should do. You listen to what he wants you to do, right? Somebody is your master, you don't decide, oh, this is what I want to do with my life. Guess what? You have a master. Your master dictates what your life should be. And that's why on the judgment day, did you know 
that Jesus will say to many Christians who were just coming along, coming to church, going home, come to church, just come with mom or dad, he, Jesus will say to them, you, you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say. He said, many on the last day, on the judgment, they will say, Lord, but we did this in your name. We were coming to church every Sunday. We were doing this. We were doing that. And he said to me, I never knew you. I never knew you. In other words, I never had a relationship with you. I never connected with you. You weren't talking to me every morning. We never had a relationship going. You were just doing your own thing. I never knew you. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say? So he says in John 16, here he's not speaking to everybody. You know, and that's why I try to highlight to us, it may not be for everybody. Jesus, when he was talking, was not talking to everybody. He's saying, these things are spoken to you. He was talking to those who are his true followers. Those who are really into him. Who are really following him. He says, I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. You can replace synagogues with churches. They will put you out of the churches. Because, you know, you see, even in church, when you decide to go all out for Jesus, you look out. Even in church. Because there are many people in church who are just on the fences. Right? They'll just come, dance, go. But they are not really into God. They're just a religious thing. Like I was sharing with you this morning. Like religious just come to church every Sunday. Like the Muslim will go to mosque every Friday. The Christians will come to church every Sunday and go. But not really have a relationship with Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? And so he's saying, even in the churches, they'll put you out. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. I mean, except you want to rip some pages out of the Bible, right? You can, we can tear this page out of the Bible so that the Bible will only talk about God loves you, God wants to bless you, God wants to give you a nice car, and God wants to give you a nice um, job. Who doesn't want a nice job after school? Oh, you guys don't want nice jobs? Hey, hey. Uh, nice jobs. You should get a good job. Uh, actually, you should get a good job so that you have money and you give me some. Right? All that is in the Bible. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord. Isn't that in the Bible? That's in the Bible. Yes. You see, the Bible always says stuff like that. Uh-huh. But then people are getting ears cut off, are getting killed. Uh-huh. Like that. That's why... It's important for you to know the whole truth. You know, the same Bible that talks about all things work together for good talks about they will kill you and think that they are doing God's service. You see, so the North American Christianity that you guys only know of is not really a reflection of biblical Christianity. When you pick the Bible to read and you want to study what true Christianity is about, all this flamboyant Christianity where God is like Santa Claus, who is ready to, he's just there to answer your prayers. Like God is your servant. All it takes for you to, oh God, I want this. Oh God, I want this. Oh God, I'm in trouble. Come and help me. But it's not about you finding out, God, what do you want me to do for you with my life? What is it that you want me to do? I am your servant. I am not to tell you what I want. You are to tell me what you want. Do you, do you get it? The, the, the North American Christianity is like, God is your servant. But the biblical Christianity is, you are the servant. And God is your master. And every servant has to find out what the master wants. Not what you want. So Jesus is saying here, these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. You know, he talks about when the time comes. I convinced in my heart the time is the times that we live in. The time where Jesus talked about it, that the persecution that will happen in, your, in those days will be more than has ever happened. We are in those days now. It's just all being packaged now. And that is why if you just come to church and don't care about 
getting deeper with Jesus and knowing Jesus for yourself, I pity you, to be honest with you. I mean, you might as well just stay home and don't even come. Enjoy yourself. Have fun in the world. So, you know, when you get to hell, you know that I had a good time on earth. Right? When, when, the, when, the, when the fire is blazing, you know that, uh, it's, yeah, I'm suffering, but I really had a good time on earth. Right? Right? But if you are coming to church, then hey, let's do this church thing seriously. Let's get into God. Let's go after the Holy Spirit. Let's go after the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's go after the power. Let's go after everything supernatural God has for us. So that when I am faced with choosing between my faith and my life, it's not a difficult decision. In fact, it's not something you even need to wrestle with because you've had that close encounter with Jesus that he means more to you than life. Now, what I'm telling you is not something that's easy. In fact, it's something that's impossible. Without the Holy Spirit, you will deny Jesus when you have to choose between life and Jesus. So today, briefly, in the short time, very short, I'm going to be very quick. I want to show you in the Bible, people that we know in the Bible and how they died for their faith. And then I'll end up with a challenge to us all. And like I said last week, I'm speaking more to you guys who are graduating. Because you are so much on my heart. I know what's out there. You know, she was talking about that too. I know what's out there, what you guys are going to face. And I can guarantee you, if you don't have a personal connection with Jesus, you have already started failing. Already. You are... You, you, can, you can have all the nice resolution, like people have New Year's resolution, you know, every New Year's resolution, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to lose weight. Just two weeks into the New Year, they are not doing nothing of them. It's the same. You can have all the resolution. When I go to college, university, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. If you don't have a personal connection with Jesus, where you read the Bible for yourself, you, you wake up in the morning and you read the Bible and then you pray and you talk to God and you are troubled about something and you have Jesus that you talk to. If you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus, you have already started failing. So, I'll start with John the Baptist. How many of you know John the Baptist? How did he die? They cut his head. Right? John the Baptist's head was cut. It's his head that's on the plate there. You know why his head was cut? Because he was preaching. First of all, he, he ended up in prison. Why would he end up in prison? Because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus. Preaching that people should repent. People should stop sinning. You know? That's why this message is for those who are serious about Jesus. If you don't want to be serious about Jesus, just sit on the fence, you come to church, go. We won't even find you preaching. We will find you preaching. Even amongst your friends, you even, your friends won't even know that you are a Christian. What a shame that you should be with your friends and your friends don't know that you are a Christian. That's a shame. That's something you should go home and cry about. Because, you know, because Jesus... Jesus will stand before the Father, and the Father will ask Jesus, Who is this person? Do you know her? Do you know him? Jesus will look and say, Oh, I don't know this person. Because Jesus said, Anyone who denies me before men, I will deny before my Father. If amongst your friends you say you don't know Jesus, then before the Father, Jesus will also say, I don't know you. And it's not any of us here. Amen? Amen. Right. It's not any of us here. All of us, we will be bold wherever we are not to hide our faith. Doesn't matter if, if my friend will no longer be my friend, then so be it. I will take that a thousand times more than a sword to my throat. Yeah. 
Right? I'll take somebody a sword is being cut to their throat. I am just being asked that my friends will deny me and they will no longer be my friends. And I'm saying, oh, it's okay, it's okay, I'll just come along with you. What a shame. You know, that's why, come, come, sit down, come. That's why when we get to heaven, Christians from North America, eh, we should have no excuse for why we did not give our lives for Jesus. Because the persecution that other Christians are going through, we are not going through one-tenth of it. And yet, phone, phone, I didn't say put off your phone. But phone. Eh? When Jesus says, if Jesus Christ should stand here and say, for the next one month, anyone who wants to encounter me, don't touch your phone. Then, then you will see you will see who really is your master. You know, you will see who really is your master. Whether it's your phone or it's Jesus Christ. Whether it's your friend who will send you a text message whilst you are talking to Jesus and then the light will be flashing. Right? And then you'll tell Jesus, oh Jesus, pause. My friend is texting me. Irina, you had your hand up. You forgotten? No, it's like, you know how you said about the denying thing? Uh-huh. People always use that to, like... You know, like, if you go well, like, out, I don't know if you go on Instagram like that, or like Twitter and stuff, but they always like post like quotes and stuff, and like, oh yeah, if you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are crap. Don't, don't, just ignore them. It's a good point. Yes, Tyler. Guys, listen, listen, listen. Hello? Hello? Uh huh. Yeah. Act, actu actually, no matter how good it is, the moment I see that statement, I intentionally don't share it. Because it's, it's just off. So that's not it, okay? But we're talking about... Hello? We're talking about one, being shy of Jesus because of some friends who are around. Like I remember when I was in grade five, no, my, at the time, we were struggling as a family. So my mom, my dad was working in the bank. My mom was working, um, was selling stuff in the market. So if you know a market seller in Ghana, you see that she doesn't look pretty with all the nails that you guys have and all that, whatever. <laughs> and so when my friend's parents came to school, I mean, you see them. You see the mom of my friend like, hey, well, these are well-to-do people. And I never wanted my mom to visit me in school. Sad, eh? You know how you kids behave? <laughs> so one time, my mom came to visit me in school. And my friend asked, is this your mom? I said, no, ah, this can't be my mom. This is my auntie. <laughs> yeah. You see, I denied my mom. I was, I was just a little boy. And, and I went home and, and I told my mom and we laughed over it. And even after today, yeah, and up to today we laugh over it. Right? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, do you know how it felt? You see, you guys, you see how you were feeling? Can you imagine how Jesus feels? He's standing right there amongst your friends. And you choose your friends over him. Can you imagine how he feels? And then, on top of that, you come on Sunday, dressed nicely, like you're coming to worship. He looks at you and it's like you're a joke. You might as well sleep in bed. Don't even come. Do you get it? Because what Jesus wants is not some religious activity of coming and going and not really knowing him. He really wants you to know him. 
to have a personal relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to, he wants to have that one-on-one -on -one thing with you. You're struggling about something. He wants you to talk to him. Do you get it? That's what he really, really wants. And I guarantee you, anybody who has that one-on-one -on -one relationship with you, coming to church won't be a problem. Because, I mean, this is Jesus' place. And you will structure your life around Jesus, not the other way around. You won't structure Jesus around your life. Like, oh, Jesus, um, I have to do this and this and this, and so you got to wait. No, 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 no. Other things rather have to wait if you really have a connection with Jesus. Anyway, I have a, I have a lot to go through, so I'm going to be quick. So John the Baptist, his head was cut because of his faith. He would not deny his faith. So he put his head on a plate. Matthew, you know Matthew, the one who wrote the Gospel of Matthew? One account talks about how he died through stabbing. There's also another account that mentions, so one of them will be true, one of them will not be true, right? Another account mentions how he was nailed to the ground and his head chopped off. Right. Now, these are the apostles of Jesus, the ones that Jesus chose. In fact, as you will see, all of them died non-natural death. They all died not a natural death except the apostle John, who died a natural death. The rest of them died by killing for their faith. Now, if the Bible you are reading is true, I want you to picture what happened to the people who wrote about Jesus because they walked with him and the Bible that we are reading is what they wrote and compare what has been written with what you know as Christianity today. This celebrity Christianity where it's like church is just another component of my life, you know, and it just comes to make me complete. You would realize that what Jesus said is really true, that the, the road is narrow and few there be that find it. The road to heaven is a narrow road. Very narrow. And it's few. Even in the church, it's a remnant. It's few who truly find Jesus. So that's how Matthew died. Mark, the apostle, the one who wrote the gospel of Mark, he wasn't one of the 12 apostles, but he was a disciple of Peter. He was dragged on the ground on the way to the stake to be killed. So he was dragged on the way, and before they got there, he died. No, 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 Todd. No, no smooth road. That's how Mark died. Peter the apostle, Peter was crucified upside down. He was killed by crucifixion, just as he was about to be crucified, he said, I don't want to die the same way my Lord Jesus died because I'm not worthy to even die in the same way he died. So turn my cross upside down. And that's how Peter... You know, you know Peter, right? Peter the apostle. Peter the fisherman. That's how he died. Now, question is, why, why, why did they all have to die this way? Remember what Jesus was saying. Remember the scripture we read? Jesus said, these things I am saying to you now so that when it happens, you will not stumble. And he was telling them that they will put you out of the churches and that a time will come that those who kill you will even think they are doing God's service. Jesus was telling them real things that was going to happen to them. The same way that I'm sharing with you exactly what is going to happen in our generation. Where if you identify with Jesus, you become a target of hate. You'll be, you'll be singled out just by your identity. Except you want your identification with Jesus to be the wishy-washy, which will be a large crowd. There'll be a large crowd of people who still call themselves Christians but have no relationship with Jesus. Those will still be there. That's what the Bible calls the false church. Those will still be there. But the true ones who really have that relationship with Jesus, those are the ones they're going to come after. Yes, Shemuel. I have a question. So okay. Since Peter um, 
turn his cross upside down? How did that end up being like some like demonic thing or whatever? Because people like they turn the cross upside down. Yeah. 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 That's a good question. I have to answer that later. It's a very very good question. Yeah. Look. Look, the, look, you know Luke was a doctor, was a medical doctor. Did you know that? Yeah. Luke, the one who wrote the Gospel of Luke. Yeah. He, was a, he was a physician. He followed the Apostle Paul. You see, and that is why I tell you guys, I, I was saying that this morning, if your only purpose for going to school and getting an education is for yourself, you have already missed the mark. Right? You just want for yourself, you become a good lawyer, so that you can make money and say, lawyer, princess is coming. And then she's like, <laughs> you've already missed it. You know, everything you do, Bible says, whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So if you have become a medical doctor, you want to be a medical doctor to glorify God in a way that honors God. You want to be a lawyer? I want to honor God with my law firm. So somebody comes with a Kululu deal. You say, I don't do those things. I'm a Christian. I honor God. For a medical doctor, I don't do abortions because I honor God. Do you get it? Now, when they pass a law, because it's going to happen, they pass a law that you're a medical doctor, you cannot refuse an abortion. If you refuse an abortion, we will take your license from you. Then we will see whether you're a true Christian or not. Do, do you get it? That's where, that's where we will see the true Christians who will choose their profession over their faith. Now, Luke was killed by hanging. Jude, also no, named as uh, Thaddeus, the priest of his day, didn't like him because he was preaching the truth. You know what Jesus said? They will put you out of the churches. They will put you out of the churches. He was in there, but he was preaching the truth. And so the priest didn't like him. And so they had him crucified. And then Thomas, Thomas became a missionary, it's believed, he became a missionary in India. He took the gospel to India. And over there, he died by stabbing. They killed him. They didn't like that he was affecting them with the truth of the gospel that he was preaching. And people were changing. They, they pierced him with a spear and killed him. Philip. You know Philip? Philip was one of the 12 apostles. His head was bound to a pillar and then they stoned him to death. Right. They bound his head to the pillar so he can't go anywhere and they started stoning him to death. Why? Because of his faith in Jesus Christ. What is your faith in Jesus Christ making you to lose? What has cost you since you became a Christian? If nothing has cost you, if it hasn't cost you anything since you decided to believe in Jesus, then check. Check really well whether you are really following Jesus very well. Because it will cost you something. Some friends will ditch you. It will really cost you something. Some decisions that you will decide to make because you are a Christian. It will make you lose certain things. The Christian, it will cost you. It really costs you. Like I'm here, I just left a few hours and I'm here. Right? And some of you sleep at 11 p.m. and say, I've not had enough sleep and you come to church. It will cost you your sleep. You know? It will cost you something. You have to be here. Why? Because you, have, you love Jesus. That's how Philip died. Nathaniel, also known as Bartholomew, he was whipped to such an extent that his skin came off. His, his skin peeled off through the, br the brutality of being whipped. And after that, they crucified him. The, what, what, what you are... What I want you guys to realize is this physical body that we have, eh, this physical body that we have, we have to 
realize that this is not who you are. Huh? In the world, it's, it's the opposite. In the world, our identity is by our appearance. But in God, your identity has nothing to do with your appearance. Your identity is in your heart. That's why God says, man looks on the outward appearance. But I, the Lord, I look at the heart. Do you get it? So you can look all nice and whatever. But God sees you and he sees totally something else. And that's why when you judge by outside appearance, you always make a mistake. Okay? So, these people were able to endure such suffering because they realized the real person, the true person, is not this physical body. And the true person, Satan cannot touch. The real you, the devil can never destroy. As for this physical body that he can destroy. That's why Jesus said, don't fear the one who is able to destroy this body, but cannot touch the real person, which is your soul. But rather, fear him, that is God, fear God, who is able not only to destroy this physical body, but to destroy your soul also in hell. That is, he said, Jesus said, that is the one you should fear. But that's for the devil, like all this that he's doing, see, he's like, oh, 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 whatever. But he's really not really doing anything. Right? Because the real valued person, the devil can never touch. And you and I have to realize if we're going to be true followers of Jesus. So that when your body goes through some things, you realize that, hey, Jesus has still kept me. Just, sometimes, it's not every sickness God will heal. Sometimes some sickness you'll pray, maybe your loved one, a friend, they'll still die. Would you say, God has, God has denied me? God has not answered my prayer? Look at what is happening to other Christians. And so if you go through just this small trouble, why can't we endure it and stand up for Jesus where we are? Andrew was crucified or tied, not crucified really, but was tied to a cross, an X-shaped cross, and left there to die. He hung on it for, I think, two, two days or so. And as he was hanging on it, even in that state, when people are passing by, he was preaching to them from that cross you know tell me if you don't have a connection to jesus that you'll be able to do that if you are just a church goer who just warms chairs that when you are tied to a cross like that that you'll be preaching to people you'll be there crying oh god wait did me more james the son of Alphaeus. James was the brother of Jesus. You would think that Jesus' own brother, he would spare him this trouble. James was one of the apostles who lived very old. He was, I think it was only the apostle John who was older than him. Who lived very old and as an old man in, in his 90s, he was thrown from the temple. You see how they were throwing people from the temple? He was thrown from the temple as an old man because of his faith to die. And when he didn't die, they took clubs, like clubs with whatever, and beat him to death. <laughs> because of his faith. James, this one is even in Acts chapter 12. James, the son of Zebedee, he was killed by Herod with a sword. Now, the history is told that the soldier who, or the one who accused James to be arrested and to be killed, when he saw that James was not changing, because all these people who were, who were killed, what happens is, before they kill you, they tell you, just deny Jesus. Just say that you don't know him, who will let you live your life. No, just say that you don't know him. What's difficult about that? Just say, oh, Jesus, I don't know him. <laughs> like Peter did when Jesus was going to be killed. He said, you are one of them. He said, me, I swear, I don't, I don't know him. And they will not deny him. So James didn't deny. James stood his ground. And so when the accuser realized that, wow, what will make a person to still hold on to their belief? When he realized the strength 
of James, he, the one who accused him, said, no, I also convert to Christianity. Kill me together with him. So at, at his, his head was cut off. The soldier, you see the soldier, he also took off his whatever and knelt down and both of them were killed by the sword. Now, this is Christianity that you find in the Bible. Does it mean that all Christians are going to be killed this way? No, not at all. There are those whose calling God has it that that is the way they would go. We already see, I showed you some in Syria. In China right now, people are going through that. Even in North Korea, people are being killed for their faith. All these areas in Nigeria, people are being burned alive for their faith. Do you get it? Now, those of us here in North America, I'm showing all this for you to see how privileged we are and how that we should have zero excuse, zero excuse for not devoting our lives to God's service. I mean, what is your excuse? People are being beaten and whipped and killed and they are still following Jesus. And you are sleeping on your, your bed. I'm sure it's a very foamy, foamy bed, right? Very, very nice. With pillow. You even sleep on pillow. You have three pillows. You see, oh, she has three pillows. When you are thirsty, you just open a tap. Choo, 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 choo. Shh. And then water is coming. You drink bottled water. Even better. You see, oh. But you know that as we are talking, there are some Christians somewhere Christian mom who has not had food for their child for two days, three days, but they are still holding on to God. Same Christian, same Bible you are reading. You call God your father, they also call God their father. So what excuse do we have for not devoting ourselves where we are here and now with all this privilege? You had your hand up. Yeah, okay, so yesterday these like black Israelite Hebrews like stopped me to talk to me, right? And Was it like, I don't know, like, but he gave me his card and stuff. But like, okay, they were like telling me a lot of stuff, and like, it made they knew their stuff. Like, I'll give them kudos, like, they really knew their stuff, but like, some of it didn't make sense. But like, they said something about um, how. Like black, not black people. They said it's nationality, not color. But like we're like the chosen people in Kenyans. Like we were in the real Israel back in 17 something something, right? But they said something, and it was like, you see how black people are getting like shot in U.S. and stuff like that. I was like, but how about the people that are like being persecuted in like China and stuff like that? They're like, oh, those they're only being persecuted because their country looks at them as traitors. So it's not like they're real, the real chosen people of God. And like they basically said that salvation is basically for only the Israelites because Jesus talked about all oh, the children of Israel, da, da 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 So like I was like, there's no salvation for the white people. But like it didn't make sense because they're basically saying all white people are going to go to hell by fire by force. Right. But like they like the persecution part is what I didn't get because it was like, oh, those people are just traitors to their country. That's why they're being persecuted. Right. I'm glad that didn't make sense because it doesn't make sense at all. You know? Think of it, the God who created the whole world, right? That he would um, love some people and not... Why did he create them if he didn't love them? Even the whole choosing of Israel, if you, if you read your Bible in Genesis 12, when God chose Abraham, through whom he chose Israel, his purpose for choosing Abraham, he said, I am choosing you so that in you all the nations of the, of the, of the earth will be blessed. So God had to choose Israel so that through Israel, the whole world will be blessed. He didn't want to just, he's just not like I'm choosing Israel so that the rest of the world will be damned or go to hell. No. The purpose was for every one of us to be saved. Okay? Like, Pastor Isaac wants you guys to be ministered to. Right? Can he just call all of you and say, hey, you guys minister to yourselves. No, he has to bring one person here and say, can you lead so that we can all help to minister to ourselves? Do you get it? In the same way, God had to choose one nation so that through that one nation, the whole world will be blessed. Now, let's move on. John, like I told you, John the apostle, he was the only apostle who died a natural death. But even him, they tried to kill him. They put him in a pot to fry him up alive in a pot of oil to boil, 
was it a pot of water or oil? One of them. To boil or fry him up alive. But he didn't die. So then they took him and they exiled him on the island of Patmos. They put him on the island of Patmos. It was there on that island that Jesus appeared to him and showed him the revelation that we see now as the book of Revelation. And so when you're reading the book of Revelation, you're reading it from somebody who was being boiled to die, but he didn't die. Because he will not deny Jesus. Right? Because he will not deny Jesus. Stephen, the deacon, like Deacon Paul, <laughs> you know, he was stoned to death and you know why he was stoned to death? He was preaching the gospel, talking about what the Bible says, the truth about Jesus. And the church leaders, the people there, didn't like it. And so they hired people to lie about him, that he's speaking against God. And so they said, yeah, he's speaking against God. And they brought him to the court. And in the court, while they were accusing him, he still stood on his ground and defended the gospel. If you read Acts chapter 8... Uh, or chapter 7, the whole of Acts chapter 7 was Stephen preaching. He was preaching to them at the court that you people have crucified Jesus Christ. God sent his son to come and save us. That you people didn't listen to him and you have crucified. And he spoke and spoke. And as he spoke, the people looked at his face. The Bible said they looked at his face and his face was shining like an angel. And he looked up. Stephen looked up and the heavens opened. He saw a vision where he saw Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of God the Father. You know, if you read the Bible in the Gospel, when Jesus died, when Jesus went to heaven, he went to sit at God's right hand. Right? He was sitting at God's right hand. But in this vision that Stephen had, he saw Jesus not sitting, but standing at God's right hand. Do you know why? Because, do you know, that the, highest, do you know the highest rank in heaven? When we get to heaven, we'll all be... If you make it to heaven... <laughs> if, you, if you make it to heaven... When we make it to heaven... Amen. I like your faith. When we make it to heaven, we will all not be the same in heaven. Did you know that? We will all not be the same at all. There will be different levels. Based on how you devoted your life to Jesus on earth. So, now do you know the highest, the highest level in heaven? Do you know? Those who are martyred for Jesus. That's the highest rank in heaven. Oh, that's based on your rewards and other things. The highest is those who are martyred for... <laughs> no, but just to ask, can I just add something? Yeah. You get the notion, you see. Paul says that to live is for Christ. Aha. To die is a gain. Right. So your connection, like if you read the account of Stephen, the physical body is there, but you reach a point. It's like, you know, when you connect with God, that you lose yourself. Right. Because you're connected with him. Even though you feel the initial pain, that's why he saw, he had that revelation. Because even he prayed that God will forgive those people. Like, you know, people are stoning you. Can you pray for them to be forgiven? You're going to be cursing or insulting them. But because of his connection. So don't see it as a physical thing. That's why right. Christianity is a spiritual experience. And our goal is to be with Christ. And if you yearn that more, you might feel the pain of torture. But it's like, you know, it's when you're nothing. connected with the Holy Spirit, you reach a point that you lose it. You lose your physical thing to connect with Him. And that will help you so that. So you have to see it more that way. Otherwise, if it's just your flesh and everything, then people will run away. But because of your love and your deeper connection, like Stephen, he had that revelation. And I believe he will still go through the initial physical thing. But it's like a deeper level. You won't like feel it. With Christ. To be honest with you, the truth about martyrdom, one, it's not everyone who is called to be a martyr of Jesus. Period. But all of us are called to die for Jesus. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Whilst you are alive, you should be, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Whilst he was alive, he said, I am crucified with Christ. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God 
who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. So once you're, if you don't reach that level, you will even not pass if you are called to be a martyr. You get it? You should be dead. Dead to the world. Dead to sin. Dead to yourself. That everything about you is God. So even if it should come to death for Christ, it's not a big deal because you are already dead. Do you get it? When you try to pinch a dead person, will you say Ajay? A dead person. And you pinch him, you say, Ajay, wait a minute. Won't you run away? A person is not really dead. And the sad thing is, today's Christians, we are not dead at all. You just try and insult, insult that Christian. The way the person will reply you, you won't even know that he's a Christian. You won't even know that he sings in the choir. <laughs> But a person who is really dead, no reaction. They're still alive, but no reaction because it's God that rules them, not themselves. It's not about me. It's about God. You can insult me. It's okay. I don't really care. Do you get it? You had your hand up. Okay. Let's move on. So the important thing is, that's, and that's why I'm speaking to you, right? Not, not because you're all going to die for Jesus. I don't know that, right? If it's me, I don't know. But the important thing is, all of us must live a life where Jesus is number one. Do you get it? And if Jesus is not number one in your life, you're already losing. Paul the Apostle. How, how, how was Paul? How did Paul die? Do you know? He was, he was killed. He was beheaded. Paul was beheaded. He was taken to prison for a long time. And after some time, they cut his head. Now, let me end with this one. Guys, this is very interesting. This is the last one. Listen. Polycarp. How many of you have heard of Polycarp? Okay, Polycarp was... Yeah, Polycarp was a disciple of John. John, the one who saw the book of Revelation, okay? Was one of his students. Okay, now listen to the story. So Polycarp had followed Jesus all his life. At this point, he was about close to his 90 or in his 90s. Because of his strong influence, he was one of the bishops of the church. He was big influence for the Christians, and during those times, they were persecuting the Christians. So they were looking, usually they look for the leader, because if they can kill the leader, the rest will be scattered. So they were looking for the leader, and he was in hiding, okay? Because he wanted to pass on more to the believers before he will be killed. So it got to a point where he said, no, I'm not going to hide anymore. They should come for me. So he gave himself in because he was, like, wanted. So he gave himself in. And so the people who were sent to go and arrest him from his home, when they went... He told them, I'm, go I'm going to come, but please allow me to just pray for one hour. And so they waited, because he's an old man, so they gave him that respect. They waited for him to pray. His prayer, one hour, ten to two hours. He prayed so intensely. And then he came out, and so they took him to go and kill him. The emperor, the one who was overseeing his death, when he saw that this is the polycarp that we've been searching for all this while, this is a, he's an old man. He felt sorry for him. He said, ah, this old man. Why, why won't he just deny Jesus and let him? So he was begging him. said, you know, just have respect for your old age and deny Jesus. We'll let you go. You know what he, how he responded? He said, 86 years I have served him. And he has not done me any wrong. Why should I deny and blaspheme my Lord and Savior? I will not recant. In other words, I will not say that I don't know him. And when he said that, the, the, ruler, the ruler said, I have wild animals here. I have lions and other wild beasts that I can set them loose on you. 
just recant so that I don't have to do that. And he said, I will not recant. Then he said, then the ruler said, okay, if you, if you are not afraid of the animals, I'm going to set the fire up. We'll burn you up in the fire. He still will not deny. And so they made the fire, put him into the fire. When they, the moment they turned the fire on, like they put him on, the moment they turned it on, listen to what happened. Miraculously, the fire, instead of burning him, became like an ark that went around him. And so he was in the fire. The fire was burning around him and he wasn't burning. And so one of the soldiers took a spear and pierced his side. And that killed him. But the people who were there, what they saw when his side was pierced, such volumes of blood came out that it quenched the fire. But they also saw a dove in a, in, a, in a vision, they also saw a dove that flew out of his side. Mm -hmm. It just says a dove. Now, that was how Polycarp died. He will not deny his faith, stood his ground. Now, there's something that we should all realize in Hebrews 11:32 to 34. It says, What more shall I say? For the time will fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Some were tortured. This is in your Bible. Right? Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, that is being whipped, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They put them on a table and a saw. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, that means poor, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. You know, today, Christians are looking for a better place in the world. No, we must look for a better place in heaven. There is no better place here on earth. We must look for a better place in heaven. He says the world was not worthy of them. I had this song here, but because of time, we already watched this song. It was so sad, huh? Let's watch it. Listen to the lyrics. Men hated Jesus. Even though he did nothing but love them and teach them and heal them, they nailed him to a cross. They thought they had killed him, but they only set him free. Live in the hearts of people like you and me who believe in him. Then came the apostles, and most of them were killed for telling other people about Jesus. But by that time, it was too late. There were hundreds of people who believed in Jesus. So they tortured them and killed them, and they even left their bodies to rot as an example to other people. But the church kept right on rolling, watered by the blood of these precious saints. But Dad, did they want to die? No. They didn't want to die. Many of them had children just like you that they had to leave behind. But they were forced to make a choice. They could choose to live this one life here on earth and reject Jesus and be damned. Or they could choose to believe in the words of Jesus and live forever. I think I understand. Here, maybe this will help you understand. <laughs>
Okay, now as we wrap up, I want us to pray right now. And we're going to pray based on a scripture in Revelations chapter 2. This is Jesus speaking. Revelations chapter 2 verse 10. He says, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. I want to pray this prayer. Jesus, help me to be faithful unto death. Let not anything make me go back from following you. Help me to be committed even to the point of death. Close your eyes and pray. Close your eyes and pray. Guys, don't be distracted. Close your eyes and pray. Close your eyes and pray. Help me to be faithful unto death. Help me, Jesus. Karabados. Jevarababandas. My Lord, I need grace to be faithful unto death. Peranola Vrodes. Kibashuntaralabakayas. Mekelebondarabadalas. Pray for everyone here, Lord, including myself. Give us this grace to be faithful unto death. To be faithful unto death. Help us. Help us. As the ends of the world come upon us and everything is being wrapped up, the devil, knowing that his time is short, is coming with rage against your chosen ones. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you give us grace to stand, that we should not deny your name, even to the point of death, that we remain faithful. Wherever we are, at home, in school, amongst our friends, wherever we are, that we remain faithful. Help us to remain faithful. Perando sivare Thank you, Lord. We're going to take our next prayer. It says, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, in Revelation 2, verse 13. Yet you hold fast my name. You did not deny my faith. Even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness or my faithful martyr, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. You see, Jesus takes notice of those who go through struggles because of him. And he says that you hold fast my name. You're holding on to him. Our next prayer is Jesus. I want to hold on to you very strongly. Help me to hold on to you very strongly with all my strength, with everything in me, to hold on to you. Never to let you go. Never to, to lose my grip of you, Jesus. Pray. Pray from your heart. Jesus is here right now. Pray from your heart. The angels of God are here right now to give you that grace. Jesus, help me to hold fast unto you. Forgive us in any way we have compromised, Jesus, but now give us grace to hold on fast unto you, to hold on firmly unto you. In the name of Jesus, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now be on your feet as I pray for you. Now, if you, if you can, just lift your hands with me. If you really want strength from Jesus, grace, let me pray for you. Hey, guys, we're praying.
Jesus, you have called us. There's no way we could have come to you if you didn't call us. And we have come to you because you have chosen us and called us to come to you. We live in a world today that, Lord, it's not popular to follow you. It's not popular to say that we are your followers. And it's getting dangerous every day with laws changing here and there as we cast our eyes through the world and see what's happening in the world today. We see that exactly what you said was going to happen is unfolding before our eyes. And it's in such times that we come to you, looking at our own Christian life and how we've walked with you. We see, Lord, how that if what is happening in other places should happen here, we don't even know if we'll stand. So we're asking of you, give us this grace that from today, Lord, we'll begin to be more devoted, more committed, live a life that is really crucified to the world and crucified to our own desires and crucified to this life, but alive unto you. So that if ever we should face tough times, we know who to turn to. Who's able to give us strength to go through every challenge, to go through any situation. Help us to hold on fast unto you, Jesus. May this grace be granted us in the name of Jesus. Receive the grace to remain faithful unto Jesus unto the end of your days. In the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, now as we leave your presence, pray that you will be with us. Bless us. Continue to reveal yourself to us. And draw us into a deeper and closer walk with you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.